0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Compassionate Viking Podcast. I am your host, Tyler Stanaway. In today's episode, I had a beautiful woman come on to my show and be a guest who happens to be a participant in Naked and Afraid and actually did three different seasons. So, obviously, Naked and Afraid on the Discovery Channel has been going on for, fuck, I don't know, many years now. And she attended three different ones, one in Croatia, one in South Africa in a certain part, and then another time in South Africa at a different part. And all three challenges were um, held differently. The stakes and goals of the game were a little bit different. And we linked up over Instagram and she came here and, man, How awesome it is to meet such beautiful people in this world. You know, two years ago, I couldn't fucking stand people. They drove me nuts. I hated everyone, and I cared about five people in the whole world, and the rest could all die. And here I am meeting all sorts of people from all over, different walks of life, who I've never talked to or even seen in person. And then I have them come to my house, and we end up sitting across the table or sitting on the couch from each other and sharing energy for a couple hours and it's amazing how connected you can feel to what was once a stranger a couple hours ago who now seems like an intimate friend. Um, the reason why I say that is sometimes we have friends in our life or family members or, or co-workers or whatnot that we're seeing on the daily basis who we aren't actually deeply connecting with. You know, if you go hang out with uh, your friend or you ask somebody to go out to eat or something like that, and then you get there and then the whole time you're on your phone, like why, why would they even want to hang out? They could just do that at their house. It's like, I want to hang out to spend time with you, talk with you, exchange energy with you, connect and build a deeper bond. But you want to scroll on Instagram and look at, Whatever, cars or shoes or fucking chicks twerking their ass or whatever it is. So, in this experience of mine, it's been a real pleasure. And as it progresses along, I feel more and more blessed and grateful every day for everything that I have. So, I hope you guys enjoy the show. It was really cool. It was really interesting. And... There's probably even a lot of stuff for you guys to learn and take home with you. So before we even get started, we're going to do the Viking tip of the day. And the Viking tip of the day is we need to pay attention to our children more than we are. Now, what brings that up? I see a lot of parents neglecting their children. Now, I don't mean neglecting them by not feeding them or giving them clothes or a home to stay in. They have that. So all of their physical needs are being taken care of. But their emotional needs and their spiritual needs are being neglected. And what happens when we do that is that we essentially give our children energetic wounds. They come to us and want to show us something that they're very proud and excited about that maybe they created or imagined in their own mind. They want to share that experience with you. They want to give that love to you. And then we need to accept it or else we will hurt our own children, even if it's not that cool, right? Most things that a five-year-old kid does is not, cool like a 30 year old dude or woman does something right it's not about that it's about the the energy transfer they're trying to show you something that they find joy in that is giving them love and they want to share that with you and then if you don't receive it it causes wounds energetic wounds and I didn't know this this isn't I'm not a fucking pro with this or anything I'm just learning this stuff But I can see back in my own life where a lot of the things and issues that I've had to dealt with stem from essentially my, my love not being received, which then makes me suffer. And then instead of having to deal with the fact of wanting to give love and it never being received, I shut my own fucking love meter off and then I don't give or receive anymore. I just become a hardened individual. Which that led to misery because humans aren't supposed to be hard individuals. We're not supposed to be um, robots. We're not supposed to not have emotions or feelings or or, or be sensitive. That's, that is the human experience. So to shut that off is ridiculous. However, that's what I did. But I'm learning now um, the children want quality time with us. They want to do things with us. So if we bring them somewhere the mall, we bring them bowling, we go to their sports, we go to their schools, their music plays, whatever. Anytime we're hanging out with the children, unless it's like adult time, we need to be giving them, how do I say it? We need to be able to hold space for them. When they talk to us in our mind, we don't be like just, waiting for them to shut the fuck up so that we can talk or go do whatever it is we want to do. We need to listen to them the same way as if you had a genuine question and wanted a real answer and you were searching for it and you come to me or whoever and you ask the question, then wouldn't you want me to hold space for you to listen to your question, acknowledge it, analyze it, see if I can come up with the answer or have the answer, and then deliver it back to you so that you can learn more, you can grow more, you can progress as an individual, have more insight, more knowledge, more wisdom, whatever it is that you're trying to obtain. We need to do the same for the children. I was told by a couple people now who have visited my house that my children are very mature, and they are very like hold themselves well for their age. And I said, one of the things about my children is for one, they don't go to public school. They're not conditioned. Now, not everyone is in my situation, so I'm not the person to judge you guys try and do the best that you can do. In my case, I put myself in a a position where I could homeschool the kids. And so that has been a huge thing because I don't have mainstream, Rockefeller education being indoctrinated on my children and I don't have the conditioning of all the other children whose parents don't really pay attention to what they're consuming conditioning my children as well but what they do get is friends from the gym from other other children's friends that I have who are not they're not totally free in what they consume, what they eat, what they watch, etc. The next thing is that I let my children hang out with adults. Now, obviously, if I'm having a conversation where I don't want the children there, then I'm going to say, "Hey, kids, go away. I'm having a private conversation. I'll let you know when I'm done." But 95% of the time when it's not a serious adult conversation, I let the children hang out and let's just use the the metaphor of like, let's say that we are hanging out around the fire. I believe that when you let children hang out around the fire with the other ages of the tribe or the group or the friends, whether they're teenagers or young 20s or 30s, 40s all the way up to the elders, then from the time these children are little, they are getting to listen to... To people that they love trust and respect talk about real life shit their whole lives so they they have a very good understanding of our emotions how adults work the things that we have to deal with as we get older at different ages so that when they are an adult it's not all blindsiding them they're like yeah I've known about this stuff was going to be a part of my life since I was a little boy or girl sitting around the campfire when my dad and my my brothers and sisters and grandparents and all of their friends and aunts and uncles and cousins would be talking about these types of things. So the Viking tip of the day is to try your best to give your children more undivided attention. They need it. When they are giving you some type of gift, whether it's a little note that they wrote or a picture that they colored, or they want to sing with you or they want to go to the park or they want to go outside on a walk or they want to do yoga or somersaults or they want to make book or bake cookies or they want to read a book like what is so important in your life that you are going to tell them no and then what's the alternative they sit there by themselves hurt that their their parents won't receive their love and bored Then they start becoming destructive. Then they start to have a fit and they cry and they don't listen and they're all whiny and they have static energy that's, that's, you know, pent up in their body. So I guess my advice or tip of the week is let's give our children a little bit more grace. They're kids. They're not adults. They're not going to act the same way that we do. And if we want them to be really successful, savage, loving, beautiful, honorable men and women someday, then it's your responsibility. It is not the state's responsibility. It is not the school's responsibility. It is not the daycare's responsibility. It is not the president's responsibility. It is not the religion's responsibility. It is your responsibility as the parental guidance of your offspring to raise them to be the type of humans that you would like to see, spend time with, and enjoy in this world. So, now, let's get on with the podcast. It should be really good. I hope you guys like it. Let me know of if you have any questions or anything. Make sure to email me or message me on Instagram. Do I have any last things to talk about here before we get going? Well, there is big plans for things in the future. I don't know how long it's going to take, but I have this vision of what I would like to turn my land into. So I will be working on that over. I mean, this isn't anytime soon. It's just a, a vision that I came up with. And I was like, this is something that I would really, really, really love to do. It's going to take a long time. But you got to start somewhere. So if you'd like to donate and help Compassionate Viking, you know, help get more merchandise. We can sell T-shirts for you guys, more medicines, forging classes, earth pipes. You need any metal fabrication done. Shit. There's a billion things that we can do. If you'd like to help donate and help support so that we can keep building the community, that would be fantastic. If not, no big deal. This January, I'm going to Costa Rica. I'm going to go to a retreat called Remembering the Self put on by an organization called We the Medicine. I may have personally been talking with the founder of We the Medicine. His name's David Price. He's actually been up here and has held some workshops at our jiu-jitsu gym. So a lot of people up here where I live actually know who he is. But he's putting on a retreat for anyone who wants to remember the self down in Costa Rica. And it's going to be fucking epic, you guys. I have a little packet here because there's too much for me to remember. So I'm just going to open it up and share a little bit with you since they've already done the hard work. I will let you guys in on it. It says embark on a soul-searching journey, remembering the self, a profound three-month odyssey of spiritual awakening and transcendence awaits you nestled amidst the mystical and enchanting tropical mountains in costa rica lies the awe-inspiring eco-village yakamama surrounded by lush verdant mountains the land is blessed with vast ocean vistas and abundant spring water that feeds a creek on the west flowing parallel to a river with cascades and swimming pools on the east about half, of the, about half of the 92 acres is forest, home to abundant wildlife with mature trees and incredible biodiversity. We have ocean breezes throughout the day and cool air from the lush green mountains that descends in the evenings. This sacred land, with its breathtaking views of the Pacific Ocean, will be your sanctuary during the eight-day transformative and spiritual plant medicine retreat. Now, it's not just plant medicine, Okay. There is two ayahuasca ceremonies with Sacred Grandmother Aya. There's one ancestral Tamazakal Sweat Lodge, which I I believe is probably Huachamama. Huachamama, I think is what it's called, or San Pedro. Then there's TM Meditation Workshop. There's Authentic Resisting Workshop. Qigong Connecting to the Elements. Morning Yoga. Movement Medicine, Mindful Breathwork, EFT Tapping Workshops, Sound Healing Journey, Havening Neuroscience Technique Workshop. There's three organic meals per day, airport collection. There's a one month of preparation support and two months of integration support, along with eight online group integration sharing circles. Now, for a lot of you guys who don't know what any of this actually consists of or means, I understand that's a lot. But that is amazing stuff. The fact that it's a one month preparation and two months of integration is huge. And then to be able to have eight all night in group integration sharing circles is another very, very important thing. I see a lot of people go into these healing ceremonies and they're not integrating back into their real life. Okay? They're not taking the information and tools and lessons that they learned during the ceremony and integrating them back into their normal life. Unless you're trying to be a shaman or a healer or that's your path, you shouldn't be needing to go take the medicine every single month on for the same exact things. That means that it's not, it's not working. And the medicine isn't like Western medicine. It's not like you take a pill and then it's gone. It doesn't work like that. It's real medicine. You take the medicine or the plant or tea or whatever it is that you're ingesting, mushrooms for that matter, and then those, the spirit within the medicine or plant or mushroom itself shows you what the problem is. Then when you come back in, 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 in are in real life the next day, the morning, you go, okay, this is where I'm fucking up. This is what I'm doing. My behavior is this. My thoughts are this. I act in such a way and then it causes this. So now I need to change it. And that's where the hard work comes. The shadow work of you dealing with your shit and then doing something about it. So it's very important to have other people who are going through this process with you to be able to integrate and share and help each other out. Because this isn't for everyone. Most people think that you're fucking crazy and it's hard to deal with. But to know that there's other people with you and that you're not alone and that you're doing the right thing. For a lot of you guys will will you will benefit tremendously. So, if you would like to be, to participate, if you're interested, if you have any questions, there's a 20-minute discovery call you can you can I can give you the number. I'll put the number in the link description below. And you can call and ask any questions about anything pertaining to whatever your thoughts are. I would hope that we can all go there. Now, I know money is going to be an issue for some, and I get that. And, hey, that's just the way life works. But know that the more of us who start to work on our own stuff and become aware of our problems and aware of our shadows and aware of our, 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 our bad behaviors the sooner we can change the world so i will link everything below we the medicine the remembering the self-retreat and the discovery phone call for any of you guys who are interested hope to see you there hey guys one of the things that i've been doing is taking beet juice from organifi Organifi is a company that I didn't know about. Vanessa came to me and was like, Hey babe, check these guys out. They're putting out some really great product. I want to purchase some. So we did and we were amazed. We got a hold of them and now we are going to promote them because they're pushing out product that I can't even do at my own house. So there's many, many, many companies out there who are making you know, mood and sleep recovery pills, and making protein shakes, and different types of vitamins, and and energy capsules, and and whatnot. And that's great. That's all out there. But one of the things for me is that even in all of those high reputable companies, I'm still finding ingredients that I don't agree with. If I want to eat beet juice or ginger juice or garlic juice or what anything like that, then when I look at the ingredients, I want it to be nothing but those products, heirloom seeds grown organically, no pesticides, no fertilizer, no insecticides, none, none of that stuff, and then dried, ground up, and put in a bag, and the thing is with Organifi is that's what I'm finding out, so whether it's mushrooms, whether it's uh, vegetables, whether it's herbs, whether it's nutrients and minerals, I truly haven't found a product that that I don't stand behind. So, if any of you guys would be interested in purchasing any of their products, I can help you out by getting fifteen percent off your entire order if you use promo code Compassionate Viking at the end, which I will link in the show notes below. In this in Spotify or iTunes or whatever whatever platform you use to listen to this podcast. The last thing about them is they are now producing and selling Shilajet. Most people don't know what Shilajet is. If you haven't heard of it, look it up. This is this is like groundbreaking stuff. I don't know how to explain it to you it's above my pay grade. All I know is it's been around for a very long time. The information about it has kind of been suppressed for many, many, many years, but it's coming back and now it's being made and we can now get organic Shilajet, which will ultimately help heal our bodies. When we start using organic stuff and start taking things that are grown naturally from Mother Earth and putting it back into our body because we are nature, we start healing. And if we all start healing, we start raising our vibration. And when we raise our vibration, we raise our consciousness. Once we raise our consciousness to a certain level, we will be free. I'd like to give a big shout-out to Tobin Falk out at Training Northwest. He is up in Granite Falls, Washington. He's one of my best friends. He is a salt-of-the-earth man. I trust him with my whole heart, and he is one of the best firearms instructors on planet Earth. He has a range, Training Northwest range, like I said, out in Granite Falls, Washington, and he provides the most badass firearms instructions you could possibly get. He does basic level from, like, never owning a firearm, being completely new to even holding a firearm, how to load it, how to hold it, what's safe, what's not, all the way up to, you know, ass kickers and door kickers and and people with advanced skills and technique when it comes to firearms. So, if you have any inkling of not feeling safe or feeling like you should learn more, please get a hold of him out at Training Northwest. His whole goal is to teach you guys how to become reliable upon yourself. His motto is I rely on me, which I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. He also is a dealer for Vortex Optics, So, if you purchase an optics from him, I believe he will zero it in for you and give you a free 30-minute little instructions on how to use it. If you're new to it, getting you comfortable with it, which I find really, really cool for him to do that for you guys. A lot of times people get new glass and they don't know how to use it. They're not comfortable with it. It doesn't make sense. They can't zero it in. And Tobin's out there kicking ass doing that for you guys. So... Make sure to go over to his website. He has a promo code. And yeah, give him a holler. Go check him out. Now, if you're out in Colorado, out in the Midwest, then I really need you guys to go and check out NFS Shooting Supply. That's my buddy George. Okay, NFS Shooting Supply stands for no fucking slack. And he also is a badass, salt of the earth, American made man. He's a dealer of guns. He has all the ammo. He has all the gear, all the accessories, suppressors, literally anything that you could possibly think of when it comes to firearms. George has it. The thing that I find, you know, really honorable and admirable about NFS Shooting Supply is that the company is founded on his commitment to providing the highest quality of customer service and satisfaction. And I know that to be true because I work directly with George. So the owner, George, he likes to wheel and deal. And so if you're looking for like bulk ammo or magazines or a package of multiple guns, anything like that, make sure to DM him, call him, or text him. You'll literally talk directly to George, and he will get you squared away for the lowest prices possible, guaranteed. Now remember that when you support this company, you're not only supporting the podcast, that you're supporting... For me, you're supporting a family, you're supporting an American-owned business, a family-owned business, and I would assume that if you're listening to this podcast, you want to help build the better world. Well, we do that by using our energy, the money that you've obtained, and you put that money, that energy of yours, towards somebody who's doing something that you admire. Somebody who's doing something that you believe in. And for me, all of these companies that I'm saying, even the stuff that I'm doing myself, is because I believe in it. I truly do believe that it is helping and that when we start manufacturing and building things ourselves again, instead of sending everything to fucking China or Taiwan or India and making them do all of it, then we start pulling our power back again. We start gaining control of our own lives again. So, in my opinion, go check out NFS. If you're out in the Midwest, Colorado area, that's where you need to go when looking for firearms. If you're up here in the Pacific Northwest, go to Training Northwest. I hope you enjoy the show, guys. Keep kicking ass. Keep taking names. Keep loving. Keep doing your thing. And just remember, good shit is on the way. The world is going to change faster than we could ever ever even imagine okay we're here we're live we're with stacy from naked and afraid
1: hey hey everybody thanks for having me tyler
0: absolutely we connected through Instagram. Yep. Seems to be like the local hub of where people are connecting now. <laughs> Shit, I'm, I'm breaking my own podcast rules. My, <laughs> my cell phone's going off. There we go.
1: That's the one good thing about social media is it allows people to connect who would otherwise not. So it's been good.
0: It has. But we've been trying to connect for a while. You were under contract and now that's up. And so now we can podcast and we can talk about... Everything that that consists of. Yep. I want to thank you for coming out here. I know it was quite the drive, so yep. I'm very grateful for you to come and spend energy together with me. Of course. So why don't we just get right into it? Let's let's just start like you know who are you? Who is Stacey? Where did she come from? What was her what was her life like? And um, we'll just go from there.
1: I grew up in Southern California, so typical California girl. I was kind of a, a rebel, kind of a misfit. I had an accident when I was a kid that mutilated me, and so I kind of felt like I, I don't know, I didn't belong with the, the preppy kids or the kids that were good with school, so I I went towards the, the punk rockers and the bad boys and the drug users, the gang members, and was affiliated with some really bad people Mm -hmm. from the time I was really young and ended up marrying one of them and had a kid. He went to prison for five years for, it was actually uh, national news, and he he was a part of a group of guys that committed a hate crime in Springfield, Missouri. Went to prison for that. When he was in prison – I had realized that, um, you know, what am I doing? Do I want to be with this dude for the rest of my life? Do I want the FBI knocking at my door? And I quickly realized, because when you're in kind of a shitty, abusive relationship, once you get that solo time, you you start to reflect and your mind clears up to a point where you can actually think straight. And that's when I decided, I'm, you know, I'm writing, I wrote the Dear John letter while he was in prison. It was not not good. He even put a hit out on me for a little while. Really? Yes. What
0: was that like? Um, How did well, that make you feel?
1: I felt I felt really dirty to abandon him because I felt like I was abandoning him. Mm-hmm. And then you'd think that I would have made a, a good decision by staying away from that type of guy, but I didn't. I found one that was even worse. Oh, shit. Yeah. And he was twice, maybe three times as um, abusive. Stole from me, cheated on me, beat me, could have killed me. Um, Took me many years to get out of that relationship. That's when I had my daughter. So I had two kids with two really, really wild individuals. Um, And then uh, ended up being single for a really long time. So raised my kids by myself, went to school. And then that's where I had the opportunity to be on Naked and Afraid. And at that time, so I'm probably the only survivalist that would say I did it for money because they don't pay you well at all. But I did because I was pretty destitute at that time. I was living in Idaho. I had fled California, moved to a small town in Idaho where my parents were at. And I was super happy but I didn't have a pot to piss in literally like we didn't have a septic tank for well over a year when I had bought this trailer that I bought and there were like holes in the floor and it was just really bad. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I was a charity case and then I went and did naked and afraid for the first time. How did you, how
0: did you even know about it?
1: I was working at a place called the River Clan Saloon. It was the South Fork River Ranch in Stites, Idaho. They have a survival school there. Discovery Channel called, looked them up in the yellow pages, looking for women in Idaho that wanted to participate. I was bartending and they mentioned something. Yeah, Discovery Channel's looking for females to do naked and afraid. And I was like, I'll do it. And so I raised my hand. I applied. Um, A lot of people were sought after. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a name. I wasn't like. A badass wilderness survivor i was just like a regular normal kind of street smart survivalist mm-hmm. yeah yeah.
0: chicken Idaho who yeah, seems pretty like much yeah. grew
1: up with the gangs in California so i was like i could i could do this um i'm tough and i knew i knew i was gonna do it mm-hmm. and i knew i was gonna do it well um, I don't know if you saw my first challenge. I did not do very well. <laughs> I
0: I haven't actually. Okay. We, me and Vanessa, were just saying that as soon yeah. as, as soon as this podcast is over, we're gonna go back through and watch watch them.
1: Good, you got to w- start from the beginning because it kind of tells my story. Okay. My first one was in Eastern Croatia, the first one ever to be done in Europe, and there's a reason why they don't keep doing them in Europe is because the hunting laws are so strict and okay. it's very pricey. We, um, the production crew and myself were lodged at President Milosevic's private hunting ground on the Danube River in eastern Croatia. It was magnificent. It was <laughs> just amazing.
0: Had you ever been to, like, Europe or anything no, before?
1: No, no. Just kind of a, you know... Poor kid just trying to put my life back together after being in a really, really crappy situation my whole life. Like, bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. Mm -hmm. And then I spent my entire 30s shit. Even now, in my early 40s, I'm still remediating what I did in my teens and 20s. Mm -hmm. Because it takes a lifelong, like, don't make bad decisions. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's going to take you the rest of your life to fix that shit.
0: Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Half of my podcast is about me having to fucking (laughs) figure out why I made the decisions and why I had the thoughts that I had and why I was doing what I was doing. And I realized that it was all yeah, uh, other shit, right?
1: Yeah. And for some reason, I guess maybe we're on this particular path to give us some sort of insight to assist us in the future or something. But it was almost as if I was walking blind in the world. I had no concept of what sort of significance my soul had or my purpose. I just, you know, I thought I was a lump of shit growing up the whole time. I'm just like, yeah, give me all the drugs. I was abusing sex. I was abusing other people. Um, I mean, I was was violent and ruthless and just an awful shitty human until, you know. Well, anyways, back to Croatia. Um, Had a wonderful partner. Um, it was season six, episode three. I think they called it "No Fire in Croatia" or they, they call "From the Ashes" or something. I think they changed the name. I was out there with a guy from Australia, and he was lovely, extremely knowledgeable. I think he had a he had some sort of degree in science, but he also I think he had a minor in musical theater, so he would burst out in song. And this was my first um, exposure to somebody who was so different than me. And he was kind of taken aback at my foul language and kind of how rough I was. And it was just really weird because we were just two sides of the same coin and we came together and he wanted to tap the first day. Like we didn't get fire until day two. So we didn't have anything to drink. Of course, nothing to eat. And the mosquitoes were just awful. We buried ourselves in the sand that first night and I was just crying. And he was like, I don't know, you know, he just didn't want to be there.
0: What was it like when you first got, because don't you meet up with him?
1: Yeah, you don't know who you're partnered with.
0: So, yeah. So, what what was your feeling like of, like, you're obviously in, like, what, a helicopter?
1: No, they drive us out into the middle of the swamp. Okay. And they make you strip down. There's cameras and the people, and they, they say, okay, now walk in that direction. And you're walking blindly. Cause you're going to eventually meet this person you're going to spend the next three weeks with. Yeah. And I saw he was just fucking knockout gorgeous. Okay. I was like, Holy shit. This dude is fine. Um, <laughs> <that> <laughs> yeah. was, it was a little embarrassing. <laughs> well, cause you're naked and yeah. you know, I don't know. I was single. He was married. Um, but that's besides the point, of right. course I was going to look and I was like, Holy crap. And, and he was just brilliant and all in all kinds of ways. Um, But it was awkward. I didn't... Nobody wants to be naked, especially like (laughs) a mom with a mom bod. And I was just like... I I just pretty much... It was... On the way there, let me go back a little bit. I read a book by Chögyung Pa about Smile at Fear because it's scary to go out there and take all your clothes off and then know it's going to be aired on national TV months later. And so I really was just psyching myself out to confront my fear about you know doing something not only is it dangerous, but it's extremely embarrassing. Yeah.
0: It's vulnerable.
1: Very, very vulnerable. So, um, yeah, uh, I ran into him. He was lovely. He was very kind and he was very nice to me. And mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, let's do this. And so we were, we were gung ho ready to, to move.
0: What was the first thing that you guys like came up with? Like, obviously you met, you say hi, you hug. Okay. We're going to be partners. Mm-hmm. Where do we go from here?
1: We have to find a place to build camp.
0: Okay. So the first thing is you need to find shelter or, or make a camp.
1: Right. And so first thing, you got to find a source of water. So you got to be somewhat near the water so you have access to water. So you have any map or anything? We do have a really shitty map that Discovery <laughs> Channel puts together. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's not accurate. There's giant animals on it and it's like you kind of have a general direction. You there's a compass and it tells you where you need to go and go towards water and production does kind of like you want to walk in that direction because we're in we're either on private property on a nature reserve. You can't just go wander off into fuck because you have to stay where they need to keep an eye on you. Okay. So, yeah, we found um, a little beach, a little inlet. Um, it was the Dravis and the Danube Rivers, beautiful, untouched nature preserve called Kopachki Rit, and nobody even is allowed out there. Like, it's a huge privilege mm-hmm. to go out there. Even the local people are not out, allowed out there. So, um, found a nice little beach. There's a forest behind you, canopy. But every time you walk in there, and that's where you get all your wood to build your fire, the mosquitoes would attack you. So really, the only safe place was on the beach because every time you went into the the cover, it was it was just game on bugs everywhere. Yeah. And so, what did we do first? Well, first we wanted fire because you had to boil your water, and we didn't have a bow drill or a fire starter. And I'd never cre- created primitive fire. Mm-hmm. He used a hand drill and was able to make Had fire. you have
0: heard of it before? Oh, yeah. Okay. I practiced. Okay.
1: Yeah, but I had never been successful.
0: And what about a compass? Did you know how to use a compass? Well,
1: we didn't have an actual real compass. It was just on the map. Oh. You know, the, Okay, yeah.
0: so then you got to look at the sun and all yes. that shit. Yes, yeah. Okay.
1: But that didn't really apply there. We didn't really have to exercise those survival like skills. Like navigation skills. skills. Right. Okay. Because you've only got a certain number of acres that you're allowed to be in. Okay. Um, so, yeah. the First night was awful. Um, no shelter. We basically dug holes in the sand and covered ourselves with sand to keep us from the mosquitoes. And we didn't sleep at all. Um, we got up a lot and walked around because they wouldn't get you as bad if you kept moving so that whole night spent moving (sighs) around or trying to cover yourself with sand wow yeah okay next day um water water fire and water those are the most important things didn't even consider shelter at that point so fire was most important
0: because it Uh, was cold
1: uh hot as hell during the day cold at night kind of stormy you know rainstorms are coming in and out he gets fire day two, okay. so we were able to boil some water with what? With a stick. Okay. Yeah. With he a stick. Did it. I watched him do it, and I helped him. Yeah. There's there's a lot of footage of us doing that, and his hands were blistered and bleeding by the time he was done. Like he wore it's, holes yep. in his hands. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's how important fuck it yeah. is. <laughs> like, dude, I'll wear my hands off <laughs> to get the fucking fire started. Exactly. Roger that.
1: And so it it was magical. Like I I don't think I've ever celebrated so hard ever when we finally accomplished fire, or I guess I should give him the credit, but I was there rooting for him.
0: My, 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 my your zinger go up. Yeah. Yeah. yep.
1: It was, it's beautiful. It's really beautiful to put yourself in a situation where you're so, Oh, you know, desperate for just the, the simple, simple survival means to, to drink water. I mean, and this is swampy mud water. It's brown. It's not, and it doesn't taste good after it's boiled. It's not cold. It's it's warm water. But it's delicious nonetheless. Once we accomplished that, um, we tried a few different forms of shelter. He even spent a lot of time digging a big hole in the sand on the bank of this river for us to go in there. And then we had a little fire in there that would had like a little fluke that, you know, pulled the smoke out. But it was so fucking cold in there and I had so many bug bites and he had he had laid all these uh, Vietnamese mint plants in there to like make a bed, but it felt like razors on my skin. because oh, my skin was so irritated. I just couldn't lay in there. I had to lay up top and I think he spent some time in there, but they didn't never showed that that he he dug that big ass hole and um from there we basically used the fire as shelter and that's what i've done on pretty much all of my challenges is the fire is the best shelter you can have mm-hmm. if there's and let me tell you something we're not allowed to cut anything green and they didn't tell us this until we were out there so everything that we used any wood had to be dead and on the ground well you tell me how the fuck you're supposed to build a shelter with dead disintegrating wood. No. You're just not. So when we realized we couldn't cut anything green except for um, stinging nettle. (laughs) We ate ate a lot of stinging nettle and drank a lot of stinging nettle tea. Uh, But we weren't allowed to do shit out there. We weren't allowed to kill anything. There was boar. There were um, these beautiful red they were a type of deer species and they were just so majestic and huge and they were red. They were just Glorious, I'm not sure what they're called. Hmm. And snakes, weren't allowed to kill any snakes. So we were basically eating frogs, fish, made a fish trap. And had yeah, so that we had frogs. And fi- I think he killed a snake after. So anyways, I got terribly hurt. We had a thunderstorm the night before this happened. And I remember, so I'm going to tell you a little something. Mm-hmm. They... Every time girls go out there, they're on their period. For okay. some reason, it just triggers your menstrual cycle. Okay. So they have to provide tampons. Okay. I had started my period. I know this is really gross, so sorry to everybody. This
0: is the Compassionate Viking podcast yeah. where we talk about real <laughs> shit. So if you want to go, you know, watercolor or whatever, there's many yes. other po- podcasts for you to listen to.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. This is about really gross stuff.
0: Well, this is about <laughs> real life, right? This is Yes. A, if, if, if man and woman are to be in the forest, these are the things... Mm-hmm. That is going to happen. Yep. Right.
1: You're going to bleed in more ways than one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: so welcome
0: to real life as adults. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yes. So that's the number one question people ask is what do they do when women are on their period? Well, they give you tampons and then you collect those, the used tampons and you put them in a baggie and production will take them out at the end of every day. Well, they didn't have a baggie for me, so they gave me this big black garbage bag, okay? Mm -hmm. And you're telling me I'm not going to fucking use that for something? Yeah. That storm came, the rain's coming down, and after how hard he had worked to get that fire going, I was going to save that fire. And so I took my big black plastic bag, and I leaned over the fire to shield it from all the rain, because if we would have lost that fire, we would have been done. Yeah. And he couldn't have done another one. I mean, he might have, but most likely not.
0: Yeah. You were not willing to risk it.
1: Correct. So all the footage they had from that storm, I ruined it by whipping out this big black plastic bag to protect our fire. So the very next day, that was a rough night. The very next day, I'm sleeping next to the fire. And he had put water on to boil the water for the morning and went off to collect wood. So he he took off. And I'm sleeping... Well, that the Billy can, the pot that was on the fire, the coals had disintegrated and the pot collapsed. And out of 360 degrees, it went right onto my ass and my back and burnt me really bad.
0: Oh, shit.
1: So, all I feel is I'm sleeping. All I feel is this warm rush on my back. And it felt good at first because I was freezing my ass off, but then I'd realize what had happened. And I just freaked the hell out. I got in the water, this muddy swamp water, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, "Oh fuck, this is gonna take me out." Well, it was really bad. I had second um, second degree burns on over ten percent of my body. My rear end got it the worst, and then it went up my back and a little part of my arm. So it was it was pretty gnarly. Medics came out. They're like, "Yeah, this is pretty bad." I said, "Well, I'm not leaving. I'm not. I'm not tapping." Um, they're like, okay, well, we're not supposed to really treat you in the field. We're only supposed to transport you if you get hurt. So, okay, we'll let you stay. Mm -hmm. So they did bandage me and there's a part in there where you can see kind of how they, they bandaged me up and they're like, okay, keep it clean and see if you can stay. Mm -hmm. I did that for about two days until infection set in. Yeah. And there were a couple moments there I, I stood up and I would black out and, I was just not doing very well. Yeah. And so they were like, yeah, sorry, we got to take you to the hospital. Yep. So I was burned on day six and then day eight or nine, I don't they, even remember, um, they took me they to took the hospital. You out. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: So that was, that was the first time. Yes. And then does your partner, he's just out there by himself from that point on. Yes. And that's a fucking... Heartbreak for him too.
1: Mm -hmm. Because he would have not been there had it not been for me. Because I'm the one who talked him into staying. Because he would have been like, screw these people. They're out of their fucking minds. (laughs) You know, they're not letting me do anything. How am I supposed to survive out here? So he was, uh, for me, it felt like he had stayed for me. Mm -hmm. And so now he's out there by himself. But I think that it was how the universe wanted it to be. Because he had a lot to process. And so all that solo time was really good for him. Yeah. He was mourning the loss of his three-year-old daughter. Holy shit! She had just passed away like a couple years prior. Yeah, but it was all stuff that he still. Yeah, he hasn't dealt with it. So he spent
0: some solitude, yes, (laughs) or loneliness, depending Mm -hmm. on (laughs) (laughs) whatever mindset you're in.
1: He did it. Um, and what was funny was because I was so injured, they wouldn't let me get on a plane to fly home, and so I stayed at the lodge the entire rest of the challenge. So. I was, I had to go back to the doctor every other day to have them change my bandages. And so I hung out with production crew and, and just kind of explored Eastern Croatia. And, and I was on the boat during his extraction. So he made it 21 days.
0: Oh, he and, made it the whole time. Uh-huh.
1: And I was on the boat and I, was, I filmed some of that, him coming out of the water into the boat and then he sees me, but they didn't show that because I'm supposed to be gone at this point, but right. I was, I was there. And so we did, you know, go to the airport together after it was all said and done. But yeah, that was, it was cool. And I think I, I showed a level of toughness that they had never seen before. And they asked me back to do another one six months later.
0: Okay. I was going to ask uh-huh. how long until the next opportunity came? Yep. Six months. Six months. Yep.
1: They told me a couple months after I had arrived home, we want you to do an XL, And I was like, an XL 40 days.
0: That's what, uh, yeah, what is XL?
1: Yeah, XL is 40 days long. Instead of a man and a woman, there's six men and six women, and you're put into groups of three on different areas of wherever you're at. And then over the course of that time, you can choose to come together or not and then go to extraction, you know. So they're like, you're going to South Africa. And during this time, my dad was dying of cancer. So I was losing my dad. And he died two weeks before I was supposed to fly to South Africa. Okay. So we didn't have his memorial until I had come home. Okay. But I, I had a little bit of his ashes with him, and they let me take him out there. So I had him, you know. He was with you. He was with me, yeah. yeah. And every 10 days, I would sprinkle a little bit of him. I think it gave me the extra impetus that I needed to To you know, prove to myself that for one, I can, I could finish a challenge, but it was going to be, it was going to be much more of a challenge than 21 days. And I'm out there with all these people that had completed a 21 day before. Okay. They
0: were are they were all already like whatever completers or successors of the. Yeah. Okay.
1: They had all finished. And so I'm like, well, shit, I never even watched the show. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know who any of these people are, but I knew that they were that much better than me because they had already finished one, and I was, you know, I they pulled me on a medical tap the first weekend, basically. Mm-hmm. So I felt really like imposter syndrome, inferior, like these people are going to think that I don't belong out there with them. They were all really great. So they had a nickname for me before they had met me because I didn't know my name. I was the burn victim, okay, because they had heard about it. Mm-hmm. But um, got out there, and that one was different because they literally put a bag over your head and then drive you out into the middle of nowhere. This was on a game reserve in Makuzi Falls in Pongola, South Africa, and you have all the big five: elephants, cape buffalo, leopards, lions. Um, there were giraffes out there. Everything you can think of, right? Was the
0: out the there. fucking African safari. It
1: was, yeah, all of Africa is is everything that you would imagine is what it was, and it was hot as hell. It was um, during, geez, a hundred year drought, and they had already skipped a breeding season. The animals were so um, in such trouble because they haven't had any water or any fruits or anything that they had skipped their breeding season the the previous year. So all these animals, I'm going to call them everybody, Mm. everybody's agitated, and we're all competing for the same resources. Mm -hmm. There were no fruits. The water, you literally had a couple puddles on the ground. There was, you know, very, very minimal water until we got, there was a couple really nice watering holes. And I was out there, Clarence and Jake, I was out there with a guy from Baltimore, Maryland, and Jake, rock star horse trainer, he was like on this jousting um, competition, televised competition. And then he also did this Alaskan Wilderness Survival Challenge. So he was amazing.
0: Fucking stud.
1: Yeah, major stud. He looked like a model, too. And then Clarence was kind of a goofy, um, just typical city guy, but he's kind of on the spectrum a little bit. So he's sweet as pie, but just... Kind of a goof, yeah. you know? And so a little bit of frustration there. I kind of freak out on him the first week because he was being way too negative. (laughs) (laughs) You can't be negative around me. You better just buck up. So I did have to tell him, man up, drink the fucking water, eat the fucking fish, and quit bitching or else you're not going to make it. So that went... Went well. Day one through six, it was just us three. We decided to migrate because well, we had a leopard rush our boma one night. Okay, so let me tell you what a boma is. Have you heard of a boma?
0: Uh-uh.
1: A boma is a a structure you build to prevent the um, to prevent the leopards and the lions from getting you, and to prevent the elephants and the cape buffalo from trampling you at night. So you cut down a bunch of thorn bushes and trees, and you build like a circle, a wall around you at night tall enough has got to be tall enough and dense enough that nothing can get you Okay,
0: it's like a little sh- shield wall that you build
1: yes yeah. very very close yeah because they're um, the hyena and the leopards are infamous for grabbing you by the skull crushing your skull and then dragging you off in the middle of the night mm-hmm. so those are the warnings that we had before then so they're like you got to make sure your boma is in good shape We had some really shitty bomas. (laughs) Because you're tired, you're like, "Oh my god." Anyways,
0: um, I'm gonna shut this door because the kids just got home.
1: Sure. But um, day six or so, we had to move to a better location, and so we start hiking. And I was pissed, because this is something you don't know about production, is if there's a game trail or a road that just so happens to be there, if they don't like the looks of it, or if it looks too easy, they'll make you walk in the creek bed. And so I remember cussing out some of production, I called called one guy a Nazi, because you're making me walk, in what situation, when you're barefoot, are you going to walk over stones you're going to walk the easiest path on your feet. And so they were having us walk in the creek bed. And it was pissing me off because it just it made zero sense. Plus, there's snakes in those rocks. And so I was pretty agitated by the time we got to the next location. Well, the next location, we, we come over this little crest. And there's this huge, beautiful, blue watering hole. It was massive. And there's this little tree sticking out in the middle of it. Hmm. I get there. And I see these three gorgeous naked ladies on the other side of the thing. And I was like, oh, my God, there's other girls. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. And so, like, are there crocs in this water? Well, Ranger said, we've been watching the water. There's no crocs. There's no hippos. You should be fine. I was fine, but I wasn't sure. But I, I didn't give a shit. I took the chance anyways. I drop everything, and I jump in the water, and I swim across, and I hug the girls, and that's where we found Tawny, Alyssa and Phaedra, and that's where they were, and they had a really nice spot. Nice. And then that's we we formed um the the what we called the lion's pride.
0: Okay, so you yeah. formed a, a pack. Mm-hmm. Isn't it amazing how humans mm-hmm. want that? Mm-hmm. How how did it feel like? Yeah, when you have seen three other women.
1: I felt. There's a softness that you just miss um, when there's no other females around. <laughs> <laughs> I concur. Yeah.
0: I concur. I, you know, I it's like, I think that women have been not enough credit when it comes to that. Like, without female energy around, there's no softness. There's no tenderness. There's no, like... Like we can put the sword and shield down and just be loving, you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely, and that was exactly exactly what I felt. And men are wonderful and everything, but there's it's just such a different dynamic. And so I, I felt such relief when I saw them, and we became ultra close and super happy. We had little jobs that each person would do every single day. Just every day just became you know, your life. And we, one of the jobs was catching bait. So we would catch grasshoppers and insects and dragonflies to, to use, to f- go fishing. And we what, had,
0: what was that like for you? Did, was it, was it a ch- like, did it feel like a chore? Was it fun? Did you find pleasure in it? Did it, did it change? Like if I go tell a, a, a random person, especially an adult, Hey, you go catch me some bait tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, no, dude, <laughs> How was it for you? It
1: was, it was a privilege to <laughs> catch bugs. Well, I mean, it's either that or you're going to collect wood or cut down more thorn bushes for the boma. Catching the bugs was the easy, fun thing to do. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was a blast. And and going fishing was fun, or getting in the water and pulling cattail roots, um, looking for uh, what would we get? Uh, what are it's it called? Those little fruits. Oh slipping my mind. Um, little fruit trees, but the monkeys would get to them, so they would drop the rest of them on the ground. They had all these little monkey bites out of them, but we would just collect all those up because that's what she had. Dates. Dates. No, were they dates? No, oh, there was something else, but that's what came to mind. Um, so little things like that, and then that's when Clarence, like I'm spoiling it all for you when you watch it, but Clarence okay. wasn't listening. And he ended up getting severe heat exhaustion, so he they pulled him on a medical tap. Okay, that was a huge bummer. Um, and then we got really close before other people arrived, and then um,
0: you got really close to what?
1: Jake, Phaedra, Tawny, and Alyssa, and that was just us. That was oh, like as in like a had. connection, mm-hmm. like you
0: you guys became like a family.
1: Yes, very much. Yeah, lots of laughs, lots of good times, and. And it was perfect. It would have stayed perfect until more men arrived, uh-huh. and then it the conflict. Of course, yeah.
0: Anytime there's more than one man, uh-huh. unless the unless the pack orientation is established by all pack members, there's conflict. Yep. Especially if there's four naked women there.
1: Yep. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> that's what it was. No, that's
0: because that t- t- for him for Jake. Mm-hmm. You are you guys are his pack. Mm-hmm. He does not need another man to come and fucking try and steer the ship in a different direction.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and to, and to <laughs> to stay on that you know female male thing. As soon as all of us girls got together, our cycle started, mm-hmm. and so we all. We're having that issue. <laughs> Poor Jake. <laughs> well, and what's funny about Jake is he's super homosexual. Oh, really? <laughs> so he's not even. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. gay. He's gay. Wow. Yeah, Jake is a gay guy.
0: Man, I bet. I bet that mu- must have been so. Like, there must have been like no negative None. vibes going on at all.
1: None at all. Or not. Nothing. I
0: wouldn't even say negative, but. I'm going to say testosterone when it comes to like the, the dominance part, right? right. Like, like the, you put two or three mm-hmm. guys, straight guys together. And it, it's not that it's negative. There's this like,
1: it's a sexual energy. Yeah, Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So yes. It's a sexual yeah. energy.
1: Yeah. There was none, none of that with Jake, although, you know, he's very nice to look at. It's almost like you're, you're with a, a play girl mm-hmm. model or something. out mm-hmm. there. He's, he's amazing. And then none of that, you know, weird jealousy or anybody trying to hook up with them. So that it was really nice and refreshing. We just had our family, and it was good.
0: <laughs> and that the girls that you all actually got along because mm-hmm. I see a lot of times four girls come together and not all of them get along either.
1: Very true, and I haven't run into that just yet. Maybe there's a little little bit of that on my last challenge, but um, yeah, none of that. Okay. None of that at all. Okay. I think everybody was really secure in themselves. That's um, rad. Yeah, it was really good. And we were just so full of love for each other, and we just wanted everybody to succeed. Everybody cared about the other person making it to where it it was just perfect. It's the way society should go, I think.
0: Yeah, I think that that's definitely lacking in our... Mm-hmm you know, everyday life. Yeah, We don't have a connection like this where like we're all divvied this job where we come together and if we don't do it, then it's, we're literally not going to survive. But we're also like you said, you're catching bugs, but it was fun. Like Mm -hmm. you had the opportunity. It's either that or go cut down more thorn bushes. Exactly. And so it's like,
1: yeah, I don't know. It's just finding
0: beauty in, in, in being a, being an animal. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you, we're, we're no different than any other fucking animal. We're no different than the wind or the earth or the fire or the tree. We're a part of the cycle. And when we, so quote unquote are like in, in today's world, essentially taught that we are separate mm-hmm. from the rhythm of nature and the cycle of life, that we're like an alien species and we look at it from the outside. But then when I hear your story of, four or five adults coming together with literally nothing naked in the middle of the fucking, mm-hmm. you got like some <laughs> little water or whatever. And it's like, I can feel the energy coming out of you is like, this is some of the best times of your entire life.
1: Absolutely. It was, it's comparable to when I birthed my kids. Mm-hmm. It was so enriching and really magical. I There's nothing that compares to it. So,
0: And you mentioned also before, before starting all of this, when you were young, like you were going through life blind, Mm -hmm. you didn't understand like spirituality or a soul or, or anything Mm -hmm. like that. But you do now you came to my house with, with gifts. And if, if it wasn't for soul or spirituality, the gifts that you were gifting me wouldn't, it wouldn't be those types of gifts. Right. Absolutely. So somewhere along this journey, I want you to explain how that kind of came into play too. Like, did it start in, out in isolation, out in?
1: Well, okay. So he's talking about when I started life, I didn't see any significance to myself or my purpose. And so I was settling for everything bad. And I was blind to anything multidimensional or metaphysical. It was just what was right in front of you. And I I believe that that's how a lot of people operate today. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until, of course, having my kids, it kind of blew my mind, um, and, and I started slowly improving myself, whether it be you know, physically or mentally or emotionally. I just wanted to be better. After this experience, when I saw the beauty in other people, in which before I was you know jealous, spiteful, angry, threatened... When I came together with all these people, I had realized that there are amazing, beautiful people out here that are there to teach me something about myself and how can I be of assistance. How can I be a contributing member to that community? Mm -hmm. And I don't know, like earlier in this conversation, I talked about how I felt threatened that I wasn't as good as them. I had imposter syndrome. I didn't think that they would have wanted me there. That's that's not true, and it's not how it was at all. And so I really feel like maybe what we think ahead of time is not the case, and maybe we need to give people more credit when we don't know them. And just let let them show you. And, and they did. They valued me. They wanted me there. They were appreciative that I was a part of their team. And before that, I would have thought that they would have wrote me off or exiled me or whatever mm-hmm. and it wasn't like that at all they were all wonderful and it opened my mind to how beautiful humans are because before i hated people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i love them now
0: i do too mm-hmm. it's it's a it's so bizarre because i in like in for my case it was i had to experience the same type of thing it wasn't like yours but when i found strangers literal strangers who treated me in a way that I had, I felt like I had never... I didn't even know fucking existed. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh my God, I've been missing this my whole life. And now I can't let it go. And, and it all revolves around a human being who I used to hate. Yep. So it's like total mind shift. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: it's, it's a huge mind fuck. And it, it threw me for a loop, but it really expanded my thinking and I was like, wow you know if if I can only bottle this up and give it to other people I mean our world would be so much better mm-hmm. so that all that all changed um, when Stephen and Darren and Kim and who was with him Stephen Ryan, Darren and Kim showed up they came in different groups so there were three groups that got a, a group of three men and that was Ryan and and Steven, and there is another guy named Angel. Angel tapped out. I never even got to see him out there, but they show up. And then Darren and Kim show up, and then that's where, like, the external world kind of it it comes in. Kim, she's got a full-on um, pelt bikini, and she's completely covered. Darren had brought a pelt as his item, and so he made her this beautiful outfit. It looked like Bridget Bordeaux's from that movie, and I was like, wow, you look super great. She's like, well, I was, I was really insecure about my body, and she's a twenty-two-year-old beautiful girl. What the fuck are you mm-hmm. doing being insecure about your body? Mm-hmm. And so that she shared that with us. And then the boys, they wanted to argue over who got the, um, who got the hunting gear, the the bow and arrows, and so there was a little bit of conflict there. And then before you knew it, we kind of had a full-on like, you know, we don't like this guy. <laughs> you know
0: We're not getting along with him.
1: Yeah, it was it was different and we missed our lion pride and um and then things got rough. There was a time there I think we didn't eat for seven to ten days maybe. We didn't have nothing. We were all dropping weight fast. We we had moved to another location in which we had almost died. We were almost trampled by Cape Buffalo and didn't even know it in the middle of the night. Oh shit. Um, found that out the next day from the production crew because they had um, infrared footage of what was around our BOMA that night. And that's the one animal that if you see it, you don't wave your arms and start screaming at it because it'll trample you. You're just supposed to be really still kind of like if you encounter a moose. Right. Behave the same way. Well, that night we had heard stuff around our BOMA. It's pitch black. We all stand up. We're banging pots and we're screaming and (laughs) <laughs> they tell us the next day yeah that was a herd of Cape buffalo you're lucky to be alive we're like great that's really good um and that's when I had I had a spiritual experience out there well I had many 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 visions and that was let me let me segue to this I had met a a Zulu native fella and he told me about when? right before we went into the South Africa challenge okay he was one of the production assistants on the South African team okay. He, his name's Yongama, and he told me that um, they have a rite of passage when young men become of age, 18 years old, they circumcise them, and then they throw them into the bush, and they have to stay out there for like 30 days or something okay. with a knife, and okay. they you know, say, so don't come back for 30 days, and so okay. they're supposed to survive out there.
0: Fuck.
1: He told me that the land will give you visions. Pay attention to what your dreams are and your thoughts while you're out there, because it's going to show you something. And he was right. So his story was one night, he's sleeping, he wakes up, and there's a black mamba curled up next to his body for warmth. And obviously, if it bites you, you're going to die. All he did was just calmly wait, and she eventually just moved away from him. So that was kind of like his his message from the universe mm-hmm. that, that everything was right on track. So when we're at this, we called it hunting camp, where we... Didn't hunt for shit. <laughs> we all starved to death, pretty much. We're all, I'm sitting in a blind. We're all um, stationed around this watering hole, and we're waiting for animals to come down to the watering hole, and we've got somebody with the bow and arrow just watching, and we're when they come to the watering hole, we're supposed to flush them towards the guy with the weapon. Well, I'm sitting in the bush, and it's been hours, and I'm sitting there, and I look over, and there's this chameleon. That's right on the branch next to me. And I'm like. Oh. And so I pick him up. And he like. He freaks out. And he wants, tries to bite me. But chameleons. He's a so, soft little body. He can't do anything. So I pick him up. And I put him on my finger. And I'm sitting there. And I'm holding him. I held him for like a couple hours. And I'm like. There's got to be some sort of significance. to That obviously I let him go. I didn't eat him. But there is. And I. I can't tell you what the significance is right now. Because I don't remember. But right when I came home from that and I looked up you know South South African totems and omens and the significance of a chameleon and it and it spoke right to me and I was like wow this this is amazing this was this was for me um and that was one of the things that had happened out there among I love others. that yeah it was amazing I,
0: yep yep
1: um and it actually one of the dreams I had cuz my dad had just died um one of the dreams I had I was him and I think it was when I had tick bite fever we haven't talked about the ticks yet but I had tick bite fever and I was laid up and my stomach was cramping and I was just miserable and I was like having fever dreams about being my dad as he was dying and having the death rattle breath that he was experiencing when we were just waiting for his body to die and I felt like I was him and then years later I take DMT at a buddy's house and that's what I experienced the same exact thing that I was my dad as and I was seeing what he was seeing as he died. Which was very comforting because if that's what we see, then we're all we're all, all right. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> so it was good. It's
0: gonna be okay. Yeah.
1: So that was yeah, that was one of the things. Um and then from there, we kind of disbanded a little bit. Ryan was sick of everybody's shit. He's like, I'm gonna go off on my own. I need an adventure. I need, you know, everybody's got not everybody, but there's a lot of people out there that compete. They want the most camera time. They want the meat glory. Mm-hmm. They want, they want to look as good as they can fucking look. So when they go home, they you know they got clout. That's
0: it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. It is because it shouldn't be about that. It should be about your lion pride that you made. Mm-hmm. That was when it was living was fun. Yeah, even yeah. if it was gnarly, it was still. Worthwhile. It was, and yeah, then as it was beautiful. Soon as, as soon as that low vibration of competition or insecurity or clout or whatever it is, it just fucking wrecks the, the mm-hmm. vibration.
1: He, and I don't blame him for this because we all have our things, but he felt that the rest of the group was taking away from his objective and that we were just other mouths to feed and that us as a group was not what he came out there for. He came out there for an epic adventure to be that hunter to be that warrior, to be that solo hero in his own journey mm-hmm. and we didn't fit into that and so yeah. he he went off by himself.
0: No oh, that's fine.
1: Yeah well, 24 hours later he was pulled out on a medical tap.
0: Oh, I know. They
1: thought it was the monitor lizard. He did kill a big-ass monitor lizard and ate it and uh, got very, very sick and found out he was having some sort of kidney failure or something from something he ate, right? Okay. So a couple days later, we're going the same route he's going. We're trying to make our way to the river because it's like day, I don't know, day 25. is up there, almost day 30. So we're making our way to the river and we come across this tree and it's got these yellow fruits on it, woolly caper fruits. And it's a vine and it was wrapped around a Timbuti tree and Timbuti is very toxic. We're not allowed to burn it. You don't even want to touch it because it'll, it'll kill you. Mm-hmm. Like it's very toxic. So this, <laughs> this fruit vine is wrapped around a Timbuti tree. I'm sure there's, there's a warthog den right underneath it. So of course there's bats going in and out of there. They tell us, you know, we're like, "Is this safe to eat?" Oh yeah, this is the woolly caper. This fruit's fine. So everybody starts eating it, and I tasted it, and immediately it was bitter, and my body just said, "Don't eat this." And I said, "Fuck that! I'm not eating it." Everybody else is just shoving it down their gullet. This is great. One of the one of the cameramen, this asshole British guy, I still not a fan. He says. You need the sugars for the walk. You should eat that. I'm like, I'm not eating that. Just not, I'm not. And uh, so we go about our our day and they had shoved a bunch of those fruit in their bag for later. And we get to the river. We had found a spot. And that's when we find out that Ryan, who went off by himself, he was gone. And that something, he got sick and something happened. That moment, you see Jake running towards us. Don't eat the fruit. Don't eat the fruit. We're like, what? And that's when everybody's like, what? Because they're still eating them. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> um, and before you knew it, it was insane. People shitting and puking and on the ground, you know, fetal position. How long crying. did it take? Just a matter of a couple hours. Really? Mm-hmm. Now, everybody, so we lost three people that day, I think. And I... I we lost Tawny a while back, too. That's a whole nother story. But people are falling off. Anyways, there was like six of us left, and we lost four. No, we lost three that day. Maybe there were seven of us. Sorry. Forgive me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um So they ended up with kidney and liver failure from the fruit. It was fruit. Mm-hmm. But it didn't affect everybody. There were three people besides myself because I didn't eat it. It didn't affect them at all. Really? Yeah, it was really weird. But everybody else had to go to the hospital, and Jake, Jake almost died. Like if you watch the episode, he's got um, his eyes. The whites of his eyes are so dark yellow. He had terrible jaundice because his liver was failing.
0: Literally fa- failing. Wow. Yeah. Wow. See, that's a there's a there's a good fun fact for you guys is that. I talk about the plants all the time, almost in every podcast. But you need to know the plants. Not every plant is beneficial to you. Some of them will fucking kill you. Some of them will cause, obviously, liver failure. And right now is mushroom time. I see a lot of people, you know, out picking mushrooms, which is fantastic. <coughs> However, you need to be very, very careful with. Mm -hmm. With what you're picking and what you're going to ingest, you need to absolutely know what's in that. I had a a buddy send me a picture two days ago, and it was a picture of a, a mushroom and then a picture of another mushroom, like Amanita muscaria. And I'm like, well, we don't have any reindeer, bro. And he's like, what reindeer? I'm like, that mushroom, traditionally, like the Vikings would give it to the reindeer, and then the reindeer would ingest it, and then they would eat. Or drink the piss from the reindeer Mm, because if you ingest it, like it needs to be filtered. Oh. So, but the reindeer can eat it and it doesn't fuck with them. It filters out the toxins that will be very ill to us. And then you drink reindeer piss, or you get a slave or a monk or something and do fucked up shit to him.
1: (laughs) Make him (laughs) eat it. Make him eat (laughs) it
0: and then drink his piss. The thing is, is like it's it's whether it's real or not. I don't know. Old wives' tale. But, no, we can't just be eating those mushrooms. And I'm like, and by the way, the top one will kill you. Mm-hmm. So don't be eating any mushrooms. Yeah. And he's like, oh, looks like I he put crying face. Looks like I failed for school. school. Oh, it's like, no. No, the fact that you've noticed them, mm-hmm. like most people walk by these mushrooms and never even notice them. Not only did you notice them, you took a picture of them and you sent them to me, which thank you. <laughs> but do not fucking eat those things. Yeah,
1: no kidding.
0: So, yeah. Yeah, we have to be careful. I mean, I didn't know those trees you were talking about. Like, you can't even cut them down or burn them. Mm-hmm. Think about, you know, it's like, oh, you're freezing to death. Here's this tree that fell over. Let's burn it. Yep. And now your whole village is done.
1: Yep. And you know, because it lo- it looks like elephant skin. That's how you know the bark looks like elephant skin, which is interesting. But we st- we were still burning it. There a couple of times. fuck <laughs> it. <laughs> <that pocket. laughs> we're cold. We were. It was like, there's no wood. The ranger would come in there and kick the Timbooty off our fire like, no. (laughs)
0: We're like,
1: all right. Oops.
0: Yeah, oops.
1: But, yeah, um, out of, I guess, so, yeah, there were a couple other things that happened. Um, Steven's a rock star. Steven's awesome. Darren's awesome. Brilliant, brilliant men. And uh, it was basically Darren, Steven, me, and Alyssa, the only people that made it out of the twelve. Um, and that last week we were there, the lions were closing in and we had a a really decent lion scare. And that was another thing that really affected me that I still get chills over. They would stalk around our Boma at nighttime and their growl is somewhat what they say like a Sasquatch, um, is like, is that you feel the reverberation from the, the, um,
0: They vibrate their vocal cord, their vibration.
1: So loud that you feel your organs rattle inside. It's unbelievably powerful. Wild. Yeah.
0: Wild. That gives me, I'm getting the zing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was awesome. So that was, yeah, that was a thrilling, wonderful experience. And I'm sure I'm leaving some. So we did see a herd of elephant come down. That brought tears to everybody's eyes, like a whole herd with even babies. And they drank from the same watering hole. It was just Africa is just a really beautiful, magical place. And it's it's the motherland. Yeah. You know? It's beautiful. Amazing. Um, I really suggest people go there if they have an opportunity to do something over there. Just go. Go hunt. Hunting is great for the local economy, and it feeds the locals. Oh, I didn't talk about my bird. That That was another magical thing. I'm trying to hunt. I was looking for, like, a little grouse or something. And I see some songbirds up in the tree, and I had a slingshot. Everybody was laughing at Steven for bringing the slingshot. I had some pebbles. I had been practicing. And I, I fucking got a <laughs> songbird that was like this big from I don't even know how far away, but it was, it was a fucking miracle. And I remember, you know, I'm pulling back on that thing, and I'm like, Come on, Dad. You know, I'm talking to my dad. Uh-huh. Like, Come on, Dad. Let me hit this thing. And I fucking hit it. And so, you know, I run over there. I... I rip its head off. I'm crying, you know, just beside myself. It was extremely emotional. And then I come back to the Boma where Jake's all laid up. He hadn't been pulled out yet, but he's dying over there. And I'm like, I got some. It's like a <laughs> and we all split it. It was ridiculous. <laughs> but that was, yeah, that was my... That was my glorious hunt, is that little songbird. And then I hear later on, the production crew on the South Africa side was said that the local kids, adolescent-aged kids over there, they they don't get proteins. There's no meat. So the kids go out with a slingshot and kill songbirds so they can eat meat.
0: Okay, so that's, their, their, that's, their that's what they do.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. It's beautiful, beautiful experience. And my life kind of felt like it was forever changed after that, but then I, I get back to the real world and you know fuck up my life is not all that great and still kind of got to work towards being a better person it didn't just all magically I'm you know this fucking badass celebrity and now I've got you know unlimited source of income no that money didn't last that long i still had to finish school i did finish school i have my wildlife biology degree but i'm not even using it now so i it, the pursuit for knowledge was great, but it was, it was a scam. Mm -hmm. You know, the whole university experience was wonderful, but it was a writing out bullshit scam, you know, getting people, getting these kids in debt up to their eyeballs and then putting them out in the workforce for government jobs, which you're never ever going to be able to pay your loans off. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm in real estate now because I have some control over how much money I make and not so much working for Fish and Wildlife because there's no money there.
0: Yeah. And it sucks, too, that, like, we have to live in a society where we have to do what makes the most money for us to survive Mm -hmm. rather than, like, like what I told you I want to do. I want to just wander in the woods.
1: Yeah. That's what we should be doing.
0: Right? Yeah. And I want to help, like, talk to my friends and connect around the fire, go shoot fucking birds with slingshots. Yes. Go get water together, go all of the things that you are doing on naked afraid. I want to be doing like a normal (laughs) life and people come here and they're like, bro, you have this nice ass house and all this stuff. And I'm like, you're right. I do. And the thing is, is 90% of the time I'm back there barefoot in the dirt Mm -hmm. back with the, like I feel I'm an old soul. And what does an old soul do in a world like this? I don't care about new countertops. I don't care about the new flashy fucking shoes. I used to when I was younger, before I knew like my true self, mm-hmm. I realized that that was all insecurities of mine of trying to compete and trying to like be up with the crowd or whatever's okay. trendy. And what I find is is when I find most fulfillment in my life is all of the things that you just said recently, um, I've been singing a lot, chanting a lot that came out through one of you haven't listened, but when me and Vanessa went to the heart medicine, this fucking Viking chant was in me, and it's like this story that unfolded over the last six months of like a of multiple things bringing this out. I don't know how mm-hmm. to explain it, but it came with like deep guilt and shame and fear, and like I, I'm not a singer, and the, what it comes out isn't even English. Like, like I'm not gonna do this in front of people. Well. I let go of that fear and I've been doing it and like it taught Tinsley to let go of her fear. So now she's been singing it Mm -hmm. and like we go in the back and we'll bring the, the native drum and the, the Viking horn, a little shrewdy box. She has like a little flute thing that she'll play and we'll be back there just singing and yelling and chanting. I love it. And it's like, it's, There is no TV, there is no entertainment, there is no distraction. It's just like being a vessel for spirit to run through and Mm. let out whatever feelings and emotions. And you got to experience that in like the ultimate setting. Yeah. But then you have to come back to a society or a world that is literally the exact opposite of that. Mm -hmm. The lack of connection. The complete disconnect from where we get our food, where we get our water, where we're gonna stay warm. I mean, I have climate change in the house. Yeah. Most humans can't if it their home is between sixty-eight to seventy-two, it has to stay there year round. If it gets below sixty-eight, we gotta turn the fucking heat on. Mm-hmm. And if it gives above seventy two, we gotta turn the AC on. Otherwise they're tripping out. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, <laughs> you it's know? crazy.
1: I think the hardest thing for me to come back to was how um how spoiled everyone is and that they don't realize how close they are to, to death or starvation and that how everybody is doing things for them. And just being without a pillow and a blanket for that long, it was just, I've had this feeling that I was better than other people. I still kind of have that a little bit, kind of like you, you just, you don't even know. And, and, and I do believe everybody has the capability to, exercise the type of fortitude that it takes to survive in a situation like that or even to allow themselves to be that uncomfortable but i find myself that if i'm around people that aren't even willing to have a little bit of discomfort i don't want anything to do with them
0: well no because you can't connect now
1: yeah i can't
0: right you you've got to a level where you understand what real connection is Mm -hmm. and when the other people don't even have like a recollection of what connection is it's like where do we even start yeah i feel that way um you know i was recently with i don't want to give names or anything but i was at a place very very nice and beautiful beautiful home wonderful but when i was there all i could think was like we were talking a lot back and forth and and this person was asking me a lot of questions and i kept getting the feeling of like you have no fucking idea what it's like to live one day in my life. Everything is like manicured. Everything is like perfect. Everything is like the, the, the top notch. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, I, I live in chicken shit and goat shit and fucking dirt. And I go and fight and I chant with my daughter out in the fucking like forest. I swear. I grow my own herbs and mushrooms there's a complete disconnect from, like, this guy has no, this, this guy has no idea where any of his food or anything is even coming from. Mm-hmm. And like you said, do do we realize how close we are to death at any given time? We're living side by side with death every single day while being a part of the rhythm of nature,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but yet somehow we think that, like, the grocery stores always exist and always will just Continue to run. The lights will be on. There'll be new apples and produce Mm -hmm. stacked there every single day. Yep. It's like, no, man.
1: Or people, is another one of my pet peeves, is people, you know, oh, I don't read books. They don't even pick up a physical book anymore, but they'll spend all the hours binge-watching the most disgusting garbage I've ever seen, you know, spending days and years of their life in front of the TV living vicariously through fictional characters but they won't they won't pick up a book and try to exercise their own imagination or try to learn something new it's really disturbing let alone the fact that have they ever gone hungry have they ever gone without food for even one day
0: they don't know what hungry is Uh uh-uh. they ate a big nice breakfast and then it's four in the afternoon and they're starving
1: yeah yeah <laughs> Like just go go a little longer. I mean, be willing to put yourself Who's who's got the logo that is that the microdose adversity?
0: Yeah, it's Greg's. That's Greg's? Yeah.
1: Damn, that's good. That is good. It that's a really good one. Good on you, Greg. Yep. I think he's helping a lot of people. I think with he is too.
0: He's, doing. he's he's doing a tremendous job. And he's not even like just on his podcast, like in the community. He has helped build a a, a, a space where it's like <clears throat> it's became its own life of its own. Mm-hmm. Like it's not even like Greg built this space and then Greg's space has now brought in other podcasts, other types of people, and it's like it, it, it created it's a whole new life of itself. I love that. Me too. Yeah. Me too. It's like, Greg, thank you. Because he even says, he's like, it, it's not like all me anymore. Mm-hmm. It was for a long time. But then if you just bring the right energy and you will attract, you know, whatever that energy is. And here we are years later and it's flourishing. It's helping the ones yet to come, the kids, other parents on multiple different levels, whether it's on a physical level, mm-hmm. self-defense level, a mental level, a spiritual level. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's helping tremendous.
1: Absolutely. That That's going to be, that's the new paradigm is that what he's doing and how people are gravitating towards that and how they're trying to be better because not only you know are, we're accountable to ourselves but we're accountable to the people who are around to stay in top fitness and with good nutrition and to care about our health and to care about what we put inside of our brains what we're consuming on all fronts and because it affects everybody
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah okay so then you have. More experiences after that.
1: Yeah, so I didn't do any Naked and Afraid's for six years because I, uh, you know, I, th- I thought I
0: was retired. Actually, you know what? I'm going to put a pause, and then we're going to start this. Okay. Okay? We're going to yeah. take a break. I'm going right. to go smoke a joint. Okay. Is that okay with you? Yeah, can I join you? Yeah, of course. All right. Fuck yeah. Let's do it. All right, we're back. Okay? And we just talked about the fact of, like... <sighs>
1: The climate change propaganda.
0: Yeah, that the, like, you talked about the animals having a hundred year drought, or not the animals, but Africa having a hundred year drought, where animals literally don't have any water or are suffering so bad that they're skipping breeding seasons. Mm-hmm. And we look at that like, on one hand, like really sad, which it is. But what brought that up in the first place was we were talking about, my kids are watching you right now downstairs. Oh, yeah, I'm on TV. And then we had (laughs) talked about why we watch Naked and Afraid or Alone and how you like watching nature documentaries. And I said, I do as well. However, recently I've been on Netflix and I've seen some of these like planet nature documentaries and they're... Woke as fuck, talking about climate change, talking about how we need to do all this different stuff. Man needs to do all this different stuff to save the animals. And I said, no, man needs to quit fucking with the skies and doing stuff and letting Mother Nature do its thing to save the animals. It's like the inversion, right? Yeah. Man's going to fix it. But really, the inversion is no man's what fucked it up. Yep. Let it be.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a... We have a serious problem on our hands. Um, They're trying to kill us. Yeah. Systematically kill everybody who is not a part of the club.
0: 100%.
1: And they are poisoning our skies with heavy metals. And they're forcing pharmaceuticals. They're advertising it all over the place. Um, I saw one with John Legend. Did you see that advertisement? It was on, I think, like Peacock. And he was singing... At a piano with honey in it, and he was showing. He pulls down a sleeve of his suit, and he's got a little band aid of how he got the new COVID shot. Oh. Uh huh. And yeah.
0: We need to be very careful who we're idolizing, who we're worshipping, who yeah. we're letting into our mind. Like, it's really a spiritual war. Like it. Re- like at the deepest level, <sighs> it is. It is. Um, like if you're not rooted, if you don't have your rooted spirit, which you have found, mm-hmm. you through your endeavors, right? You went through dark, well, dark, whatever we want to consider, hard mm-hmm. adversity, and what that does is that shows you who your true self is, and shows you about spirit connections with chameleons, and yeah. and you know, like these things that happen. Mm-hmm. You shoot a, a songbird. And you vividly remember being like, dad, help me with this.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so th-
0: that's what roots you into being able to like see the, I call it like black magic sorcery.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's that's very real. Yeah. It,
0: the, 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 I think it's like some people, indigenous cultures call it brewharia or witchcraft or black magic sorcery <coughs> spells. Yeah you know, all this different stuff, which does exist. But just like any pendulum, if it exists on the bad, it can also exist on the good. It's just, what are you doing it for? Yeah. Right? And, are you yeah. doing it for self-gain? These motherfuckers who are spraying the skies are doing it for self-gain. Right. They're not doing it for the the betterment of the whole.
1: Correct. Yeah.
0: That's the difference.
1: I think everybody has the personal responsibility to... Uh, be as open-minded as possible to what's happening and look at all the evidence and seek it out. I mean, I think a lot of people are afraid to look at the um, the significance of the situation and be able to make a decision for themselves to change their behavior and their People have to realize they have a duty responsibility to people around them and the planet itself. And if you're being bought and paid for to do heinous stuff to other people, like, I think the problem is it's like multiplied cartelism all over in every single facet of our society. Mm -hmm. And people are being sneaky and they have these in-groups. And the only way we're going to be able to infiltrate them back is to get involved locally and publicly and speak out about this and not be so quiet about it anymore. Like if you have a platform, use it to talk about it Mm -hmm. and help other people be informed or they're going to be killed. And some of us are going to be killed. Hell (laughs) yeah. What you're eating, what you're consuming on TV, they have mind technology and, frequency technology that can implant voices in people's minds and talk to them and use subliminal messaging and symbolism, the sorcery, the symbolism, it's it all works. It so all works. Pay attention. And stop infighting over religion and your concept of God. And yeah. stop, you know
0: Yeah. I agree with all of I that. I don't
1: know. There's a lot of people against the magic concept, because they're, they're kind of fundamentally Christian. Mm-hmm. And they close their mind off to those possibilities.
0: But and but they what they don't understand is that, like, the Vatican has all the information of all of this stuff mm-hmm. hidden from the public. So, like, their own religions actually are using it and then suppressing that yeah. knowledge from their own followers.
1: Yep. The Smithsonian, the city of London, the the banking cartels, the city of London and D.C. and the Rothschilds.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And
1: um, other families we haven't even heard about.
0: Yeah. Like, people don't even know. That's why it's like, I don't even know where to start. At this point, we just got to keep spreading the message of, like, connection and, and like, focusing on being better and, and being accountable of our own shit. Because it seems to me like in my own personal experience, going around trying to convince people that there's frequencies that can change their thoughts and their behaviors and they're not even sure that what they're thinking is actually theirs, mm-hmm. they're like, write me off. Right. But when I walk around and I talk about whatever, just not such crazy stuff, mm-hmm. rather than talk about it, I emit the the higher frequency from my heart. Yeah. Yeah then they feel it. Mm -hmm. And then they will come to me. It's like when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Yeah. And I've been here the whole time, but there's no sense of me teaching you when you're not ready to learn what I have to teach. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Nobody (coughs) comes to me (laughs) for advice or anything. And I'm like, oh my God. Maybe
0: you need to start your own podcast. I have one. Oh, you have one. I do. Okay.
1: I do. Uh, Well, I don't know. I don't have a lot of listeners, so go over <laughs> and listen. Well, we got to go over uh, and listen. That's how we do this. It, year, like. Yeah, it's Fringe with Benefits, um, and you can email me, at protonmail.com And I talk about conspiracies and things in the news that are ludicrous and crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I talk about anything fringe, yeah. like anything weird. Um, that includes Sasquatch and ghosts yeah. and... Other cryptids, you know, I'm kind of on a kick with that. Yeah. It's, it's fun, you know. It sure is. And there's a lot of different little creatures and little subsets of energy pockets that do some weird shit. And I don't know if anybody's paying attention to Skinwalker Ranch or there's that um, that frog ranch. Something frog. Jumping frog ranch. Some other weird portal stuff. Anybody paying attention to Dave Pauletti's? Missing 411. I was going to
0: say, does anyone know what Missing 411 is? Politis. I'm sorry. Yeah, Dave Politis.
1: Okay, I mispronounced it. Yeah,
0: Missing 411. That's some crazy, (laughs) crazy shit.
1: Yeah, there are things happening.
0: Yeah. Okay, so you were off six years of Naked and Afraid. Oh,
1: my God. I know. And you know what? Watching yourself on TV is not fun. Like, if you're super critical of yourself, like... I am, and probably every single person, because we all are, like, ego-based, like, what do other people think? Mm-hmm. The um, ultimate prison yeah. cage. It's kind of, it's challenging, and it's challenging to tell people you've been naked on TV, I want to say this, because so many people are just fucking retarded. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just, um, when they focus on the sex thing. And I don't know if something happens in their brain, it overrides to just automatically super awkward.
0: Well, yeah, yeah and it's like, dude, naked and afraid is not a porno. I didn't say, it's not pornhub.com. Yeah. It's a fucking two or one or whatever. It's a human being yeah, who has a, nothing, who's trying to survive. there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? But it's like, you're going out to the wild to survive. And the uh-huh. first thing is like, you start with a naked body and yeah. then you go from there. So, if you can't get over that, like, how are you a grown fucking man or woman and exactly. you haven't got past the fact of like penis or vagina? Ha, 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 ha. Yeah. You know, that's like fourth grade shit.
1: Yeah. Exactly. So, um, anyways, going back was. Kind well,
0: how, of did hard. How, how did it happen? How oh, did it happen? In those six years.
1: They kept calling me. Okay. Because I'm just so fucking awesome. (laughs) They love working with me. And uh, they've been bugging me for a long time. They ask me every season. And so I'm watching as the years go by. And I always want to do it again because you kind of want to just challenge yourself again. Mm -hmm. Because it feels, it's like a complete fucking detox from everything in your life. And you just reset. And it makes, I don't know, it just makes me feel good to be human, to be able to be adaptable like that. But, um, I knew how painful it was going to be. And so they kept, anyways, I didn't really give a shit about, it. I wanted to go back. But when they called me, um, I wouldn't have said yes if it wasn't a competition. And I just wanted to be one of the, I don't know. I just wanted to be there. Yeah. I wanted to try it out and see what it, cause it was going to be new.
0: Where was it? It was
1: new. It was what inse- was the difference? Okay, it was forty day challenge to be the last one standing. Okay, last man standing. Okay, yeah, they didn't want me to say last man standing.
0: It oh, was, they didn't. <laughs> no. Oh my god. I know that's fucking ridiculous. Um, and
1: then it was in South Africa, this like epic location that had like seven different microclimates. In in where South Africa? It was in a Gorge, um, southeast coast, and it was cold and shitty like Washington State.
0: In South Africa. Yeah. Really?
1: Yep. Beginning of the rainy season. Okay. Just the tail end of their winter. Yep. It sucked. Okay. And the rains were, or the storms were unbelievable. It shook the earth. It was intense. The downpour, it was just fucking insane. But it was beautiful, and it was a nice location. So. Yeah. Yeah, and I wanted to see. I thought it was going to be hotter. It was freezing. Um got down to pretty low. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. tapping the couch. Um I was going to be out there with the best of the best, so I would be able to get to see old friends and meet some new people that, you know, I wanted to meet. And I asked the boyfriend how he felt about it, and he's like, "Yeah, I support you. Um just if you get sick or you get fucked up, don't stay in there. Just come home because it's not it's that." It's not big worth of it. Deal. Yeah. yeah. The risk is great because you could die and th- that's it. Yep. You have no legal ties to be able to receive any kind of compensation or anything. Um, so it was risky, and but I thought it was going to be fun. And it was fun, but it was an experience of a lifetime.
0: Yeah. Was it the most gnarliest one out of the other two?
1: It, it was just so different. It was okay. Different. So tell me,
0: let's go through it.
1: Well, I had a bad partner. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. To they be put blunt. me in there with the fucking villain. Okay. Of the whole fucking naked and afraid history, you know. Okay. I just don't like the guy. Oh,
0: you didn't get along with him.
1: No, we got along because I get along with people. Yeah. But I don't like him. I still don't like him, but I'll be nice to him. Yeah. I mean, we're not, we're not not cool, but. I just don't like him. Okay. I think he's a sociopath. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So it was really difficult in that it, not having somebody that you were working together to kind of get to, like, we're competing every week. There's a challenge. And if you can't complete that challenge, you know, then
0: you're out, you're sent home. Okay. Or if
1: something happens to you physically and they have guidelines about like baselines of what your body could do. Mm-hmm. If you got below a certain limit, like Amber's case, she had a hypothermia like day three or something. Okay. Um. So they have to make calls like that, and then Gwen had a heart thing. Um. It she was having issues, so they pulled her because of the heart issue. Yeah. And uh, so those are the people I wanted to be out there with (laughs) too. (laughs) So I was bummed about that. That was the first couple of days. And it was just, it was cool to see what they were going to show us, like, because we didn't know what kind of challenges there were going to be. We were totally blind, and it was pretty challenging. And the intenseness of, like, if you're out there, and yeah, you're doing this, and it was a little bit more intimate, but the size of the crew was fucking insane. And then our location, this is nuts. It was like Hunger Games because they had a resort at the top. This is the first time production ever had a spot where they can watch us with fucking binoculars okay. while we're starving and trying to fish this shitty pond that they give us next to this river with all these venomous snakes and horrible weather.
0: Yeah, this is Hunger Games. It
1: was fucked up. You
0: have the Capitol up there watching all yeah. the peasants down here put on mm-hmm. fucking bread and circus. Yeah. The
1: show, yeah. <laughs> and then they put me with this... Fucker, Because there's this, like, drama behind the Naked and Afraid um, thing, you know. Crew that have been on it for years and cast that have been coming back and doing it for years. Some of those people have been on there, like, five or six times, and they're awesome. Like, I like being around those people because they're fucking fun, mm-hmm. and most of them are nice people, and they're just doing their thing, yeah. and it's awesome. Um. But I was not having a good time. Um, I didn't feel well. I got sick, and I ended up with um, intestinal infection.
0: Oh, shit. From, like, parasites or something?
1: I don't know what it was. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, But I was sick the first week, and I was in there the second week. I could have tapped him out. The way you could play the game that... So the first week, you're bound to that one person for like 21 days, whoever you're placed with. Okay. And you can turn on them at any moment and tap them out. If you tap out willingly, you take both of you out. If you're injured, you don't tap out that other person, right?
0: But if you tap out, then yeah. the other guy has to so get So
1: everybody wanted me to tap Jeff out.
0: But then you're out too.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's why I didn't, <laughs> well, this is, fuck, I didn't fuck want to. Well, fuck you that. guys, I'm not
0: doing that. I
1: know, but it was a great opportunity to help someone else win, because there okay. was th- 100000 bucks at okay. stake. I yeah. could see
0: it, to help someone else win. Yeah. but I thought
1: it, that was going to be more money, too. I was kind of hoping they were going to give up, like, a couple million or something. For yeah. fucking doing that? Are you kidding me? Yeah,
0: you show you know? me what NBA player can will do that. He just has to throw a ball in a fucking hoop, and he gets... <laughs> millions they're and millions making of so dollars. much money R- off uh, of us yes
1: and we're getting paid penance yeah you know it's and these nuts. seasons
0: are being aired still today from yeah over Yeah, no years royalties
1: ago. there's none so i'm not high rolling or nothing from doing naked and afraid <laughs> challenge but it is it is it's a lot of fun
0: but you have an experience that can mm-hmm. never be taken from you that yeah. you get to take with to your to your grave
1: yeah it's like going to some radical retreat and doing something fucking off the wall, life-changing.
0: So it's it's yeah. another, it's a, a rite of passage in yeah. a way.
1: We should open a radical retreat
0: Where you just business. have to do gnarly, <laughs> gnarly shit. Yeah. And it's like, dude, you'll find yourself. You'll find a whole yeah. new meaning to what life is. Yeah. <clears throat> it's awesome.
1: It's a lot of fun. Anyways, but yeah, I went and I lost, but that's all right. Um, Waz won. Waz is an Aussie. And he was a helicopter pilot for the Department of Defense in SoCal. And he's done some wild shit, too. I don't even know what he does. And then he creates all these businesses. And you can buy this shirt, actually. Oh. <laughs> Control your controllables. Or wait. Yeah. Control your controllables. Because he's trying to do the thing that we're trying to do, you know. It's trying true. to take care. Take care of your fellow human. Take care of your community. Give a shit. Take care of your fucking body. Take care of your family. Don't be a piece of shit. You know, that's all we're asking you, because it will help everybody else.
0: Yeah, it, it does. Yeah. It does. When when you feel or be around the energy of someone who genuinely cares,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, and it's like, well care about what? I'm not talking about like the specific. They could just care. Yeah. They care about their we, life. They care about the way that they portray themselves to the world, not in in the sense of worried about what the judgment is. But because of their own, like, I don't worry about what other people think of me, but at the same time, I, I don't do stupid shit because I want to come off as a, as an honorable man. Yeah. Does that make sense? Not because of what you guys think, but because I don't want to be that. Yeah. And if we have more and more leaders, man or woman stepping up in, in showing, Mm hmm emitting that that frequency of, of actually caring, caring about the, the old lady who you were watching can't get in her fucking car because her walker is stuck there and her, yeah. you know, pickles fell over in the in the grocery or in the parking lot and people are just walking by.
1: Exactly. And that's kind of what we have like in our small scale government right now. And that's why I want people to run for office. Run for local office with knowing that there is something in there that we need to get out and um, move forward that way because, um, like, all of our lives are at stake. <laughs> our kids, man. If you guys are not watching to what's going on right now, um, it's not
0: good. It's not good, but once again, I think – l- I mean, the people who listen to this podcast, they, they genuinely know. But a l- I think a lot of people – they they think that the world is back to how it was but what they don't understand is like the big plan the big agenda yeah it's not how it was people people at the highest level have passed laws and regulations and made new committees and go to world economic summits and G20 summits and davos and they got all sorts of plans but that wasn't on that wasn't on the football game. That wasn't told on the news. That wasn't... T- uh, yeah. It wasn't at the movie theater. And yep. so, therefore, it doesn't exist. Yes. So, you have to actually go out of your way. And instead... Like, it, it reminds me of, like, five channels. Someone's telling you that there's more than five channels. But you, your whole life, you've only had five. The only way that you find out that there's more is you have to go search for more. Mm-hmm. It's not going to just come up on those five channels that there's more. So, in, my, in this way... The things that we talk about on this podcast, the things that you're talking about, whether it's running for office, these parasites that have infiltrated at the at the lowest level, mm-hmm. you have to go and seek that out yourself.
1: Yeah. And band together with other people that can see what's going on too. Yeah, they know. can help you. Talk to people. Talk to people about this stuff in person. And that's why I think it's important for people to get together and, and at least go over some things and how we can help or at least influence others and just spread the word and listen to fringe with benefits. Cause I'm pretty funny.
0: Yeah. I think. I'm going to start listening. I didn't <laughs> even, I didn't know you had your own podcast. Yeah, so no, we'll go good. over there. So all you guys who listen, we got to, we got to support. Yeah. We got to support. And I have
1: other naked and afraid people. I get them on there occasionally.
0: Oh yeah. I'm, well, and yeah. anyone who's talking about what's really going on, mm-hmm. you're not cutting your tongue from your own head. Exactly. Right? It's one thing if someone comes and takes you and cuts your fucking tongue from your head. Exactly. But the thing is, (laughs) that didn't happen. So the only reason why your tongue, your vocal cords, your ability to use Uh uh, your voice isn't being done is because you cut your own tongue without even knowing it. And so for you to have the bravery and courage, especially as a woman, to say, hey, look, this is what's fucking going on, and we have to address it, that's very admirable to me.
1: Thank you very much. Yeah, my podcast has been going since 2020, and so I've got lots of episodes, and I just, I don't know. I, I It's commentary. I, oh, and I do Inward Survival, School of Magic, and it's a segment in there where I talk about health and wellness and um, spiritual sensibility and um, just things that I think are important and I like because... I like to consume information and try to see it in my own light. And then I like to share that information. I think that's what we do is like communicating species. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's fun to interact with people.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks. This is a awesome podcast. I've really enjoyed it.
1: Thank you. So um,
0: you have to come back and we'll try to do a round table too.
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: All right, guys. Well, any last words?
1: Um thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Okay. Go do hard shit, guys. You have to get yeah. out of the comfort zone. You will not be able to find like true meaning and and find out who you truly are by sitting on the couch and watching TV and eating hot pockets that take three minutes <laughs> to cook in your microwave. Like that's not where it's found. Go so. out
1: there and cultivate a garden. No shit. Literally and you know, spiritually.
0: Absolutely. Later.